Jays from Home, a podcast about the Toronto Blue Jays, hosted by myself and a different brother this week, Glenn. Hi, Steve. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm good. Um, just really quick before I forget, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Jays from Home. Um, always want to mention that. Matt takes care of that one. So that's the good thing about this week is that even though he's away camping, uh, and I have you as a host, he's still going to take care of all the social media stuff. I don't have to worry about it. Well, that's good. That's good. I've seen if uh, he's been posting some photos from his camping trip. Looks like they're having fun. So that's good, too. Yeah. So um, I guess I wanted to start off with asking you, did you watch any Blue Jays games this week? Well, once again, I do not have cable television or satellite television or any subscription to the Jays, so I'm really limited to listening on the radio, and um, unfortunately, this was a very busy week. So I'm joining your podcast about the Jays today, without having consumed any Jays games over the past week. But they have had a good week. Yeah, well, the good thing about that is that uh, I don't pay as close attention to everything that Matt does. So I think we're kind of still in the same footing, even though I have some notes that we can we can touch on. But uh, I think what I wanted to start with, we normally go over the results of the week, but this is something that Matt sent us a couple of weeks ago, and we forgot about it last week. But uh, he found the Blue Jays' original theme song from 1977. And I listened to it this morning. I hadn't listened to it yet, but uh, it's, um, it's interesting <laughs> to, to put it mildly, I guess. I don't know. Did you listen yeah, to it? it a, yeah, it was a, a fan blog, wasn't it? That that linked and kind of told the story of of the theme song from 1977, "Words and Music" by Michael Lococo, who was, I guess, kind of like a, an ad exec or kind of a um, almost like a B list uh, entertainment guy in Toronto back in the late 70s. And uh, I listened to it, and I also. Um, I printed out the sheet music, although I have not sat down yet at the piano to uh, uh, to try to figure it out. But, uh, you know, you, they've got a, a, rep, a scan, I guess, of the original sheet music. $2 for the Blue Jays, as recorded by Paul's People on Little Guy Records. And it's a, a really, I mean, it's it's disco. It's vintage <laughs> yes. 70s disco. You know what? I, I forgot that uh, he linked to us a blog post. Um, oh, no, you know what? It's not a, a fan blog post. It's from MLB.com. So it's an official oh. Major League Baseball post. Um, so that's, okay. that's cool. So that means that uh, all the information was researched by uh, um, by someone working for Major League Baseball. And it looks like the this came out of a Sportsnet tweet of uh, Blue Jays' Caleb Joseph um, covering the OK Blue Jays song, which... I think kind of acts as their theme song, but it's mainly just something they sing during the seventh inning stretch. Well, I'm, I'm surprised that um, Matt has yet to do an acoustic guitar cover of the song, but maybe that's an assignment for next week's show. It's um, it, it's really a pretty simple song. It goes from C minor and a very 
very tense, uh, suspense-driven motif. And then the for the chorus, I guess, it goes into C major, and it's very bright and bubbly. And then it goes back again into this this dark, suspenseful, you know, <laughs> sports, uh, you know, this is the best game in the world. And then, then it goes back and forth from that uh, kind of cheerleading thing to more of the more of the spooky disco sounds. So uh, and it does a lot of naming of other teams. I think that's uh, the bulk of the song is naming all of the possible opponents that the Blue Jays might face. Yeah, and there's a line in here. One of my favorite lines is, uh, uh, here it is. Blue Jays are right at home. Their nest in a maple tree. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Actually, the, the part in the major, the bubbly part, reminds me of that Ontario theme song, right? From, I think from the 60s. I don't a place think I've heard that one. Ontario. Yeah, it's it's trying to do a lot of things musically, I think, but uh, a fun song. So uh, maybe Matt, maybe if Matt, if you're listening, here's the challenge to do a acoustic cover of the 1977 Blue Jays theme song. Do you know of any other theme songs for baseball teams? Like, I, I wonder, is this like something that was to generate interest in the new expansion team or part of the excitement? Or is it like in the 70s, did teams have theme songs? I don't know. Well, uh, I don't. I mean, I used to to follow sports music quite closely. The first one that comes to mind for baseball is uh, "Meet the Mets," the New York Mets theme song, um, okay. which is a very famous one. But that dates back to, I'm going to guess, the 40s or 50s or something, maybe even the 60s. Um, so I, I think there was a general trend in the 60s and 70s, and, and clearly now as well to. Uh, to write a theme song for the favorite team. It was a great, great way to market the team. Yeah. Well, maybe the Ottawa Titans can come up with a theme. They're looking for setting new traditions in Ottawa. So maybe maybe that's what they need is a theme song for, for Cappy. Yeah, well, the, the Ottawa Senators have a theme song, the Ottawa 67 oh, yeah, right. theme song. So, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty common. But um, I'm trying to think of other famous – there's a couple other famous baseball ones. I'm just drawing a blank right now. But um, Meet the Mets is a, a real classic, and it's a fun tune. It'll take you right back to uh, old-school ballparks if you look that well, one up. I, I will just show you before we move on a couple of tapes that I rescued from uh, Mom and Dad's that I listened to a lot. I don't know if you remember these. Uh, they were tapes uh, for the World Series wins. Uh, so this is one in oh. 92. And then this one is uh, 93. Okay. Um, and it's it looks... Your, actual cassette tapes. Do you still have a cassette player? Yeah, yeah I've got one sitting down here beside me because I have I've came up with a setup to, uh, to record from tapes. I have to do it on a desktop PC because my MacBook doesn't have a line in. So it's... And I, I, I suppose I could get one of those USB capture devices, but I mean... If I got something that works, why not? So I think on one of these tapes is where um, the OK Blue Jays song shows up, but I don't know if it's the origin. Oh, yeah. Um, on side B of the 92 uh, uh, World Series win, they have OK Blue Jays by the Bat Boys. So I don't know. This is Basically, it's a whole bunch of media personalities doing... Uh, uh, parodies of popular songs uh, but I don't know if that's the first occurrence of OK Blue Jays or not but that'd be that's some, maybe something interesting to find out that's a research project I'd be willing to do for the podcast no baseball stats I wonder uh, did it go gold platinum uh, 
in, in Canada? <laughs> did it win any Junos? I don't, I don't know. know. But you know how I, what I found out, though? They also did a 1991 cassette tape. I haven't seen that one, but uh, it seemed, I, I wonder if they have any, any more albums past 93. That'd be something else to look up. Well, the 90s and, and early 2000s were kind of a bit of a golden era for sports music in the same way that uh, music used movies as a way to market music, right? Have a movie soundtrack, and that was a way to get uh, promotion for artists and get uh, singles to, to skyrocket in popularity. Same thing with sports. And I mean, I, I don't know how many cassettes there are out there, but certainly a few years later in the mid to late 90s, uh, CDs and uh, compilations with sports music was was really big. So maybe the maybe the Jays and their marketing teams were at the forefront with the cassettes in the early nineties. Yeah, the- okay, well, um, why don't we actually talk about some baseball? I'll run through this really quick, um, and and maybe uh, if you have any any thoughts on it as I go through. Uh, I, I I don't know that you will, but uh, you did mention they had a good week, and I'm just looking at it now. Um, they won their series versus the Royals, so they they started their first two games with shutouts, uh, eight nothing win on Monday and a seven nothing win on Tuesday. Um, on Monday, this was weird. They had a two hour rain delay, but it never rained. Well, it feels like it's been doing that a lot in Ottawa lately, too, right? Like, uh, workouts calls for, like, yesterday. It looked like it was going to storm all late afternoon and then nothing. So maybe that's what happened there. Yeah, we went to the Titans game last night, and uh, I was looking at the radar. It was showing that there was rain uh, between 6 and 7. And on the radar, it looked like it was going to pass over and rain, but it uh, it stayed away. They didn't uh, didn't rain a drop. Well, the other the other thing about Kansas City, because I've, I've been to a game there, and, and I remember uh, actually being there during a storm, is uh, when you're in Kansas City, in that Midwest with the heat and everything, when there's a storm coming up, if it's a threatening a thunderstorm, those can get very dangerous very quickly. So, uh, obviously, I didn't follow this game closely, but uh, if there's a threat of a thunderstorm in the air in Kansas City, uh, I, I would imagine they treat that pretty seriously. Yeah, that's that's probably what they what they went with. Um, okay. Uh, so they lost on Wednesday. That was an afternoon game, eight to four. Although, so afternoon games lately, it seems like I've been coming home and and taking naps and I I woke up in the ninth and they, they made it close. I think at one point they had, they might've had bases loaded. It's a little foggy in my memory, but, uh, I think they might've had the, or maybe that was another game I'm thinking of. I think they had the winning run at the plate, but they couldn't, uh, they couldn't get, get them in um they won another big game 10 to 1 win on friday against the tigers um just some notes about that is that uh the blue jays they they were basically hitting all of the breaking balls so like the curve balls and the sliders because uh, the pitchers were leaving them up in the zone in a good spot to hit and they they hit uh three home runs in the top of the second two of them back-to-back. I mean, I actually was able to... I heard these calls on the radio when I was driving somewhere, so that was cool. And uh, Jose Barrios, he pitched eight complete innings, and this is rare. Uh, are you aware of the home run jacket of the Blue Jays yes. that started last year? Yeah. yeah. Um, so sometimes, I think last year, Alec Manoa was given the jacket after a really good game, so they gave this one to Jose Barrios. Uh, so, uh, so that was nice to see. And then they lost yesterday three to one, uh, which was also the debut of 
Gabriel Marino, uh, who got his first hit. Um, Google Docs corrected this to uh, one quarter. That was supposed to be hit one for four. <laughs> but he got a single, and he scored the Blue Jays' only run. So that was good to see. And uh, he was wearing number 55, which was last worn by Russell Martin for the Blue Jays. So with the last week and some of these very high-scoring games for the Blue Jays, is it safe to say they're they're out of their slump at this point? I think so, and that's what we said last week is that uh, we figured the offense is revived. Um, that's that's my home run for this week uh, is that the offense is still on a roll. Um, oh, yeah, and I, just going back to that Wednesday afternoon game, that was my strikeout for the week too is uh, Rymel Tapia was terrible in the outfield. But uh, I, I won't dwell on that. Let's go back to the offense. Um, well, I wanted to ask you, um, well, first of all, uh, what about Vlad? I mean, the the Jays are hitting a lot, but uh, I, the jury. I guess I've been reading up a little bit on you know what people are saying about the the production, the offensive production. So, what I want to ask you, Steve, does it matter that Vlad is a little bit off of uh, of his usual game right now? Should does it matter overall to the Jays? Is it all right that he's a little bit off if everybody else is is hitting pretty well, or should we be concerned at this point? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I, for me, I think it's okay. Um, I don't think he's going to stay in a slump forever, for one thing. But they are hitting, yeah, like you said, a lot of high scoring games. Um, it would be better if he was uh, if he was. A little bit more on fire, but I think a lot of fans would probably prefer him to be out of. I mean, it's they call it a slump, but it's just compared to last year, right? <laughs> like, yes, um, right. In context, yeah, like yeah. he's still hitting pretty well overall. It's just he. I think from what I've seen in the limited games that I watch, he's just he just hits a lot of uh, ground balls that tend to go to into the infield. Um, I, according to what what other people say, like the professional analysts, I guess um, he he still hits the ball really hard. It's just that he's he's not getting it in the air. But it's it's mostly that he has to adjust to the pitching. So it's I think it would be more concerning if he doesn't improve. Like if he's still hitting like this after the All Star break, which is coming next month, then I think that's where you start to get concerned. But I think overall, for me, I don't it's not as big of a deal as long as if the, if the rest of the lineup is producing, then that's fine. I, I, I think the important thing is that uh, the Blue Jays are winning. Well, exactly. And it is a team sport. It's never a bad thing when you've got other players uh, sort of picking up the slack a little bit when you're one of your lead guys is uh, perhaps having a, a bit of a challenge midway through the season. So, yeah. Um, okay. So um, I will, I'll just go over it. So we do a weekly poll, or Matt does a weekly poll on on Twitter um, at Jays from Home. You probably don't know the don't have an answer for this one, but um, the weekly poll this time was what should the Blue Jays target at the trade deadline? Uh, the options were starting pitching depth, left-handed bats, relief pitching depth, and other. Um, I don't know. What do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I think you got to look at um, some of the um, some of the back and forth and the results from the la- last week, right? I mean, Monday, Tuesday, you have 
shutout wins over the Royals, and then all of a sudden the Royals score eight, right? And then uh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, you've got a 10 to 1 win. Uh, and then all of a sudden the Tigers are back and we've only got one run. Um, it's, it's that, that eight to four, you know, would suggest maybe there's not the depth that you want to have with your pitchers, but, uh, overall over the last couple of weeks, um, pitching would seem to be not, uh, not a particularly weak point, but, uh, you know, perhaps some of that, um, perhaps some of that relief pitching, certainly your, your respondents to the poll, have picked up on the right element, pitching, but whether it's yeah. starting pitching or relief pitching, what do you think? Well, I, I think starting pitching, that was my my pick. Uh, their their bullpen has been pretty good this year. Uh, last year, it was it was really bad. Um, but one of their starting pitchers, Hunjin Ryu, was, uh, or he was injured at the start of the year, and he's now injured again. So they're basically missing a starting pitcher. Um, so having an extra pitcher would be good, but it's interesting you mentioned the scores because yes, the offense needs to pick up the starting pitching, but the Wednesday game when they gave up eight runs, I, to me, a lot of that is, uh, the defense, uh, uh, not doing as well. Like a lot of the, the runs that came in late in the game were the result of defensive errors, but I think that, uh, having an extra starting pitcher, would be more helpful than an extra bat because I think also, as you noted, noted um, that uh, the offense is pretty good. I'd say, I think they have the capability of putting up big runs. So I don't think an extra bat to take up a, a roster spot and make things more complicated in their batting order would be any help. I think the other question too, when it comes to trade deadline, is what what kind of depth do they have in the pipeline? You know, with some of their yeah. youth and uh, players in development. Um, so, what, what's your sense of how the Jays' uh, pipeline looks like for pitching? I don't really know anybody past Nate Pearson, and uh, he hasn't really been able to put anything together. Like he's almost always injured. Uh, so, and I think if they call him up, if they're able to, he's probably going to pitch from the bullpen. So. I don't know. I th- I think that's probably a good thing to keep in mind. I don't think that they have a lot of depth in the starting rotation. They had Alec Manoa, but they called him up last year, and he's been pitching well this year. So, yeah. Uh, what When is trade deadline again? Um, end of July, I think. I think it's after okay. the All-Star break. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's... Uh, th- there's a... I, we already talked about Gabriel Moreno. Uh, he's a catcher that got uh, called up. Um, just some thoughts around him as I could indicate their other catcher who's injured, uh, Danny Jansen, uh, could be out for longer than uh, than what was thought. But something that came up this week that's not exactly baseball-related, but uh, Blue Jays president Mark Shapiro asked the city of Toronto to end their road closure of Lakeshore Boulevard uh, which is part of the active TO, uh, you know, so that they close down the road for cyclists and pedestrians. And it was part of their, um, you know, COVID-19 measures to give people outdoor space to get physical activity going. Um, it's, uh, I put this in there, many Toronto residents disagree in quotes because there were some strong reactions against it. They weren't just saying no. Um, I, I think that it probably uh, a tone deaf uh, request because I'll, like 
Rogers Center is really accessible by public transit, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I was actually in Toronto a couple of weeks ago and um, was pretty amazed since the last time I was there. Um, they have, yes, public transit, but also things like their bike share. There just seem to be a ton of people uh, moving around by bike and uh, lots of people, you know, the, the uh, streetcars were full and everything. Um, yeah. I saw the Toronto Star headline hit that Blues Jays CEO, sorry, Blue Jays CEO outrageous fans. I, I think that's ratcheting it up a little bit. But um, what, what I'm curious about, yes, how many people would actually be driving to Rogers Center? I know the the um, I know the the CEO Shapiro there was um, was saying there's a lot of people who drive in from out of town. Yeah. But I, I just. Yes, I'm sure there are. But if you try to look at how many people arrive at the stadium by public transit, how many might ride a bike there, I got to think it far outstrips the number of people who are driving into downtown for a Jays game. Well, I can't remember what we did the last time we went to a Blue Jays game. I know we drove to Toronto, but we definitely didn't drive downtown and park around the Rogers Center. Um, We, I'm wherever we were, I'm pretty sure we took like a uh, subway to get there or something where sure. we were in walking distance. Like you said, I mean, I didn't read the full letter that Shapiro wrote, but I, I think a lot of the out of town people do not park or drive downtown because it's, it's a mess traffic wise for the most part. And I, I was reading a, a Reddit thread where people were responding to this. And a lot of people were saying that they come from out of town, but they park at, like some further away go transit station and they and they get the train from there um and it's much a much more economical option than to to drive into Toronto and try to park there oh yeah you're you're barely a 5 minute walk from union union station so that's easy to do um the other thing i what i think is going on here is typically the um, you know, the stadium parking lot that's underneath Rogers Center is probably mainly season seat holders or suite holders, the really upper end of the fans. And probably legitimately, they're having a, a hard time getting in and out of the uh, of the area on game day. So, you know, they're they're sticking up for their sort of gold level, platinum level fans. Right. And uh it's not cheap to park either at Rogers Center. I couldn't find a price for uh, for the actual underground parking there, but you can get off-site parking. You can reserve off-site parking for twenty-five to thirty-five dollars within a few blocks stadium. So, you know, I don't think most the average fan is is uh, driving to the stadium, but they're the CEOs probably uh, at least trying to send a signal to his season ticket holders and corporate suite holders that. Uh, they're trying to look out for them. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. But I, I think that what they're doing, I didn't realize that Toronto was doing this. I mean, we pay more attention to Ottawa, of course, but I think that it's a generally good idea. Um, I mean, here in Ottawa, they close off part of the uh, Sir John A. McDonald uh, Parkway um, to for pedestrians and cyclists. Uh, and I don't think that anybody really has a problem with it. I know, I think last two years maybe not this year i don't think they've done it this year but bank street part of bank street was closed to car traffic as well right like people just work around for, it for uh for red blacks games and so on yeah oh no i thought they was closed off for uh like just they closed off 
vehicle traffic in general, just for for uh, walking around and biking and yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. And when the National Capital Commission, which controls a lot of the scenic parkways around Ottawa, uh, has has been closing off more and more of them each year on on weekends and and busy times in the summer. I mean, to to localize it to Ottawa sports, the uh, Red Blacks football and Ottawa 67s, one of their big challenges is transportation because it is very difficult to drive into the right in to park right at Lansdowne Park where they play is really difficult. And uh, something that I've always said, they should be turning Queen Elizabeth driveway into a bus, bike, scooter, e-bike uh, you know, a, a dedicated route just for non non vehicle traffic, right? To get to and from the game, because you could connect right up to transit station uh, downtown, or even over to the new uh, the new train station over on Carling near Dow's Lake. Eventually, so um, you know, as we know from from any downtown city, when you've got a sporting event, it's usually far easier to take public transportation or to park on the periphery and walk in than it is to yeah. uh, to try to park and and less expensive too. Yeah, and I've seen other people uh on social media say the same thing about Queen Elizabeth Drive, like close it off. But I think the only uh difficulty is just that um I think there's some residential areas that uh connect to Queen Elizabeth Drive, right? But I mean, you can close off sections and you're fine. I mean, sure. They do that. Uh, they did that during race weekend, though. Now, when you go to the Titans games in Ottawa, do you drive there? Do you walk there? Do you, you're pretty close to the stadium, um, right? We we drive there. It's mainly convenient, though, because the there's a lot of parking. You have to pay for the parking, but it's less than $10. It's definitely not Rogers Center prices. And even they have um, this weekend, they have some sort of uh, fair like amusement park rides in the middle of the parking lot and there are still lots of parking available um huh. i mean we could walk i think it'd be about a half hour walk it's just uh where where the stadium is it's it can be a busy area i guess on uh, on coventry but in general it's it's a pretty accessible area for vehicle traffic like it's not um it it's not hard to get there so i think it's it's uh, it, the location is is not like they have that bridge going across the Queensway from the train station. So from that standpoint, if you're coming from uh, west or east of the stadium, you can gr- jump on the the LRT and and walk over, which would be I've, I've done that before by bus. Uh, we went by bus to a game uh, a few years back when the champions were playing. And we crossed the bridge there, and that was that was pretty good. Because I, I mean, years ago when the Lynx were playing, I tried taking the bus, and you had to get off. Uh, there's there was a stop somewhere around Coventry, but you had to go to Herdman Station, and it's yeah. definitely more yeah. convenient now by train. Well, yeah, I'm hoping to get to a Titans game in the next couple of weeks, and I will uh, I will definitely be taking the train from the West End to. Uh, to the train station, Tremblay there, and then walking over the Max Keeping Pedestrian Bridge <laughs> to get right to the stadium. Yeah, well, that'll be good. Um, I think I think one one day maybe it would be good to try walking over, or, or, or I hesitate to bike over because uh, Vanier Parkway around the Queensway can be pretty busy uh, with road traffic, and I, I a lot of drivers I would uh, say to put it plainly, they're stupid. 
Like it's uh, uh, okay. So here, here's what I'll probably do when I go to the game is I'll. I'm coming from Stittsville. So for your listeners who may not know Ottawa, this is a, probably about 30 kilometers west of the stadium. So I'll probably bike to my closest bus stop and then or closest transit station. Then I'll get on a bus. Then I'll go to Tunney's Pasture where, where I will transfer to a train and I'll keep my bike with me. And then when I get off at, uh, at Coventry at the nearest train station to the stadium I'll, I'll take my bike with me and just bike over that uh, pedestrian bridge. actually yeah that's a good point i just realized we are pretty close to one of the uh the multi-use pathways we could just easily bike over to tr- the train station and and get over the pedestrian bridge that's not too bad i'll have to try that yeah. someday even just a anyway, bike ride multimodal it's one thing when i when i do go to other cities and i'm going to a sporting event part of the experience for me is getting there you know and uh, i mean i remember going to um, some nationals games in dc and that subway ride to get to the stadium is is a fun experience in itself right you've got uh, all sorts of people in nats jerseys usually some opposing fans as well and just a really great atmosphere in uh, in the big cities taking public transit to the games yeah, well, I think I think we can agree then. There's there's lots of options for public transit. I think many more options now for this for the Ottawa Stadium than there used to be. So that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, just one MLB news item. Um, apparently, uh, so the Angels were in a huge losing streak that I think started when the Blue Jays swept their series a few weeks ago. Uh, and Matt sent this to us that apparently they used to break their their losing streak. They wanted they decided that the Angels would use Nickelback music as their walk up music for the batters to try to break the losing streak. And uh, I I don't know all the details, but apparently it worked as they won one to nothing over the Red Sox. I don't know what they've what? done since, but. What song did they use? What Nickelback was it? One song? Was it multiple songs? I, I'm going to say it was multiple songs. I mean, I think it would be pretty tiring for the fans if they used the same song over and over. Um, one of them, I so I know that when the Angels played the Blue Jays, uh, they have a player. I can't. I don't remember his name at all. I mean, we're not big Angels fans here, but they had at least one player with really long hair. Uh, so I don't know if maybe. Rockstar would be one of the songs that they'd use for him. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, while we've been talking, I, I've just been looking up on Spotify some Nickelback songs. <laughs> I had no, I, you know, Nickelback has a lot of songs, my goodness, and a lot of they albums. They do. Um, I think, um, you know, because it, <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny if they use, like, Photograph as the, the rally song <laughs> here or something, right? Or, a nice slow <laughs> ballad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or that um, you know what you know which one I was thinking of was um, uh, Nickelback did a song for the Spider-Man. Yeah, soundtrack I was just thinking about that. Hero. 2000s. Yes, yes. So, so you know, thematically that could be good, but it's now, not exactly a rallying kind of song, right? But so, uh, but w- I don't know. Well, the walk-up songs aren't really rallying songs, though, so it doesn't have to be something rallying. But so for Hero, though, you'd have to give it to either Mike Trout or Shohei Otani. So which one? Which one do you give it to? <laughs> well, you know what? There's so many Nickelback songs. You could, you could, you could have a different one for every player. They've There's even got a, a at cover least nine of them. <laughs> you, you even got a cover of "We Will Rock You," so maybe oh, yeah. they use. It. Yeah, 
That's yeah. good. Um, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but uh, not many come to mind. We've gone through Hero, uh, Rockstar, Photograph. Um, what was the other one I said? Uh, no, I think that was it. I think it was Rockstar. Uh, what was there? They was have a, they have a cover of Saturday Nights All Right for fighting. Oh yeah, that's right. I I remember they played. They've used that on Hockey Night in Canada a few yeah. times. Yeah. Um, what was their breakout song? This is how you remind me. Yeah, okay. Um, That's so, what you. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they could uh, they could use that song that uh, for one of their first batter coming up. That uh, it's how they remind remind them how how to win. <laughs> There's also one that uh, is very popular in sporting sports arenas. Maybe about a decade ago, "Burn It to the Ground." Um, I'm not heard so that a lot with that one. I, I could not I could not hum it to you or tell you how it goes, but I know it's a pretty heavy rock one that really big in uh, football and, and hockey. I'm, I'm surprised that they went with Nickelback because it's a it's a Canadian <laughs> band. Like, wouldn't there be a, a band from the L.A. area that would uh, be a little more appropriate? I mean, I don't know. Well, I feel like this is something Matthew would observe, but maybe they were playing Nickelback ironically. <laughs> <laughs> probably but yeah. i i don't know uh interesting though that's uh i i i wouldn't think of using nickelback to break a streak unless you're thinking maybe well nickelback is i think a universally hated band uh and but they're still so successful so maybe that that's the connection there is that they're such a successful band that they can't possibly lose using them as walk-up music <laughs> Uh, well, let's, let's just hope the Jays don't use any Nickelback, Nickelback anytime soon. <laughs> well, you never know. It depends on what players, uh, their preference, right? Um, okay. Well, just to, to wrap up the baseball stuff, uh, next week, the Blue Jays are playing Monday to Thursday. They're at home. They're playing Baltimore for the first time this season. Uh, they were supposed to play Baltimore at the start of the year, but they got uh, the games canceled from the lockout. And then uh, they play the Yankees again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So some AL East matchups. Hopefully they can at least win the series against Baltimore. But that's, that's, uh, that's a possible series where if they take them too lightly that they could lose. I think that's what happened yeah, yeah. with some of the other teams. Important week ahead. So let's hope the, uh, let's hope the hitting keeps coming. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we, we do our, our B team check-in the Minnesota twins. Um, they have a record of 35 and 26 going in today's game. Um, so Matt and I talked about this, that, uh, because the blue Jays had an off day on last Thursday. Um, but that, uh, the twins versus Yankees was actually on, uh, base regular TV, uh, on cable TV, um, that, uh, cause I don't normally, I'm not normally able to watch, other games beyond uh, the Blue Jays, but Sportsnet, because they play a lot of Yankees and Red Sox games, they actually aired this one. So I watched it uh, on Friday. I recorded it and then watched it Friday while I was working. Um, and uh, it was an interesting game. Um, they they uh, knocked out Garrett Cole, from, um, who is a pretty good pitcher in the third inning. Uh, they, they hit... Uh, back-to-back-to-back home runs against Garrett Cole in the first inning. Um, And uh, that apparently was the most home runs that Garrett Cole had given up in a single inning. Um, And I think they hit at 
least five home runs, and they went up six to nothing early. And that, but the uh, Yankees came back to win it ten to seven. So yeah. that was the disappointing ending for the Twins. But uh, uh, it was an interesting game to watch, though. Uh oh, I lost you. Okay, let me let me ask you again then. Was it in Minnesota or in New York? Um, I don't remember. I think it was in Minnesota. I think they were at Target Field. That must have been a, a excruciating game for the fans to to go up six nothing with back to back to back home runs and yeah. then to then to lose it. My goodness. Yeah, and I think they had some of the the poor defensive plays in the outfield that the Blue Jays had. So uh, not a not a good look for them on Thursday. Um, and they play they're out on the road next week. They play in Seattle and Arizona. Um, and then really quickly, we check in with the Ottawa Titans. I mentioned I went to the game last night. Uh, going into last night's game, they were on an eight-game winning streak. They won last night, so they're now nine games in a row. Their record is 18-6. and six. The only team ahead of them in their division is Quebec, the Quebec capital. Um, they, uh, so um, we've been to two games already, um, and each game there's been incremental improvements to the fan experience. Um, so this time around, they had some more signage all around the stadium to direct people to um, different food stands. Because I don't know when the last time you were at uh, a game at the stadium, but um, there's a lot of uh, there's quite a few vendors, and they're spread out throughout, like from the third baseline to the first baseline. So some of them can be a little, excuse me, be a little hidden. So they have some signs directing people. Uh, you know, if you want nachos, you go all the way to the end of the first base side. Um, but they also had uh, those uh, ropes to set up proper lines. And, uh, and you know, one of them said, get alcohol and food here or uh, food only in this line or non-alcoholic uh, beverages in this line only. So that was good to see. What about, uh, I know you've been um, on the hunt for non-alcoholic beer at the stadium. Do they have that on the menu yet? Not that I can see. And I, I've uh, tweeted at the Titans and they haven't responded. Um, but uh, uh, hopefully they'll get something. I'll try again. Maybe uh, I can I can send them an email and get in direct contact with them. Um, but uh, they played the Empire State Grays this weekend. Um I don't think that their win streak is in any jeopardy because uh, the state, the Empire State Grays. I didn't know this. They are the the road traveling team for the Frontier League, so that they can have an even number of teams. They are zero and twenty five. They have not won Ooh. a single game. Uh, last night they won thirteen to nothing. The the Titans, uh, which included uh, Jake Sanford, went four for four with two home runs and a triple. And he tied the Frontier League record with 10 RBI in one game. So uh, it was it was quite the game. I kind of felt bad for the Empire State Grays by the end of it because uh, they were not holding it together. So they're kind of like the um, the Washington Generals of the league. Washington Generals are the, the basketball team that right. the Globetrotters always play against. And, you know, 
always handily defeat is that is that kind of the role of the the grays here in the league it seems that way um i think i I can't remember the name of the team but like the can-am league when the ottawa champions were were playing in that league they had a few traveling teams that were the same thing but i think they were a little bit more talented than the empire state grays seemed to be all the batters had really low batting averages it was uh uh unfortunately not not a good outing for them so I hope for the for the Empire State Grays for their sake that at, for today's game at one o'clock that they put up at least some kind of fight. Uh, if if whether they win or lose, I, I hope that they make it a close game. Now we're we're recording this on Sunday morning and it's quite gray out there, so I hope they don't get rained out today. Oh yeah, that's, that's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well that's that's it for the baseball talk. Um, we just uh, have things to finish off with personal notes and I kind of stuck this in the middle but um my question for you is uh do you still wordle I do um I do I had my daily streak broken during the power outage and so on and I was quite busy with that (laughs) but uh I do but I've been having terrible luck with it over the last week you know I used to be able to usually complete it in three or four guesses but it just seems like all week it's been five or six guesses for me so are you still playing it regularly Um, yeah i i broke my streak on last weekend um i can't remember i think we were just really really busy um it was uh i mean i'm not too worried about keeping up with it anymore i think maybe that's part of what breaking the streak it kind of just uh takes you out of it a little bit eh um, but I, I don't also worry too much about the, the, how many guesses I get it in anymore. So I'm, I'm I feel like I'm kind of losing interest in it. Like it's, uh, it's not as, as much of a draw for me. I feel like I'm in a bit of a slump, like uh, Vladdy. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still getting it, just not as consistently as I was before. But yeah. I have a, a maybe what you could try, Steve, is uh, before you play tomorrow. Pump up some Nickelback, a little bit of photograph or something. <laughs> See if that helps you. Maybe. Maybe Nickelback has a five-letter song title that I could play. I could search quickly on Spotify, <laughs> but it doesn't seem worth the effort. So no, I don't think so. Out. Oh, and, and something I noticed this morning, just it just amused me. Um, we I had some cereal, some Honey Nut Cheerios, and there was some fine print on, on the box that said, uh, Enlarged to Show Texture. So it just made me think that maybe some people out there were looking at the box and, and thought that, wow, these are some really big pieces of cereal. And and maybe they got some letters. <laughs> I don't know. Who shrunk the O's? Who shrunk the Cheerios? Yeah. yeah. So why don't you start things off? Uh, do you have – so I – personally, I didn't put a strikeout down. We normally start with strikeouts, but um, okay. I didn't have one. So why don't you uh, – why don't you go ahead? Well, I did. I mentioned earlier um, I was in Toronto recently, a couple weeks back, and uh, I don't get to Toronto very often, and I was really disappointed I happened to be there on, <laughs> on a night without, or a day without a Jays game. I, yeah, I think so, that weekend they were in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I checked the schedule, I was just, you, you know that feeling whenever you go to a visit a city, I always search for the you know, baseball game or a sports game. And ah, unfortunately they were out of town. So, uh, couldn't, couldn't go to the game. Yeah. And then they also wouldn't, I mean, the CFL hasn't started, so no Argonauts. I don't know how the, the Toronto FC, how their season works. And I think the Maple Leafs were knocked out by then anyway. 
Yeah, there was a soccer game, although I don't know if it was the FC or if it was an international match, and it was totally off my radar. I, I noticed uh, the next day some people uh, at the hotel who had obviously been to the game, but uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I wanted to see a Jays game, not a soccer game. So uh, that's my strikeout. I was in Toronto without a Jays game on that day. All right. Well, um, I... I... Like I said, I don't have a strikeout, um, so I'll just I'll just go to my my sacrifice, which I've told Matt before. I think it's better to call this a, a fielder's choice because sacrifice is still a very negative connotation. But anyway, um, last week my strikeout was that I had to go to physio. Uh, this week it's it's moved up to a more neutral uh, reaction to it. Um, I had two physio appointments this week, and uh, my shoulder feels better. Um, I had. I had I tried one set of exercises that I was given, but unfortunately they were too like I mean even though they're not complicated, but their intensity was too high, so I think I inflamed my shoulder a little bit. So they gave me some lower intensity stuff, and it seems to be working better. So it's working. I just hope that uh, next week is my last set of visits because I, I don't want it to drag on for weeks and weeks or months like I did last year. Yeah. Yeah. Was was this segment not called Walk last year? It, I swear it when I co-hosted the show. So wh- when and why did it change to Sacrifice? I don't know. Matt seemed to think that uh, it was Walk was still more of a positive result rather than neutral. So he was yeah. thinking that uh, uh, Sacrifice is something where there's there's a negative to it where you get an out but then a positive is either you advance the base or get a run, and so therefore it's neutral. But that's where I suggested a fielder's choice because it's not a negative connotation to it, and okay. one player gets out and one player still advances, so it's neutral. But anyway. yeah, so this I, I had kind of that more of a neutral idea in mind with mine, yeah. which was uh, I went out to a garage sale yesterday, a record sale. And uh, I picked up a couple of records, which was good. I picked up a Elton John record and a Wilson Pickett record, which is fun. Um, but I, I don't have a functioning record player right now <laughs> to play them on. So uh, it's kind of a <laughs> kind of a one step forward, two steps back type of thing. So I do have to find a good uh, turntable to and get it up and running soon. Well, we a few years ago, uh, Vanessa got a free record player, like one of those cheaper ones that come in a case that you get like from indigo or whatever it it works well enough like the sound isn't bad and you it has uh uh like a basic uh left and right audio uh like if you wanted to hook up some speakers you could do that um but uh it's it's not too complicated i think those generally are like 50 60 dollars you could just get one of those cheap ones for starters and you could listen to your records I'm going to go, uh, I want to do a little higher end than that. Not, not spending, you know, thousands of dollars, but I, I do want to, I do want to do it properly. I think if you're going to invest in that warm sound of vinyl that, that you have to take a step up from the entry level. So one of these days I'll uh, head over to the record center on Wellington and see what I can find there. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, definitely don't spend thousands of dollars. Like that would be, that's, that's too much, but it'd be, be good to find something that would, that's for sure. Um, well, why don't you go with your home run next? Oh, sure. So the home run is, uh, this is Let's Bike Month in Ottawa. This mm-hmm. is a program by a local organization called Enviro Center, and they're encouraging people to leave your car at home, 
and uh, take a trip on your bike where you normally would, would drive a car. And I've been logging that and adding up my kilometers, and I've, I've found it's been a really good incentive to uh, to not to leave the car at home, basically. So I've been biking and busing, and uh, yesterday did about 40 kilometers, doing some errands and doing some some just recreational fun bike riding. And uh, it's really good to have that, that encouragement. And, and the tracking, as you know, keeping track of what you're doing is – is uh, often a good way to uh, to stay motivated and to stay on track. Yeah, well, I am trying to bike at least once, bike to work once a week. Um, last week, the weather cooperated, but I just, for various reasons, I needed to have access to a car uh, for a few things. But uh, um, I, I think as long as the weather is nice, I am usually able to bike to work at least once a week. Um, I think if... if uh, if Tuesday is good, I might bike to work, even though I've got a physio appointment, but I, it's just down the road from where I work. So I should be able to bike there too. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. So yeah, looking perfect. forward to that. No, and it's, as long as the weather stays nice, it's a great opportunity to get out, get some exercise, reduce CO2 emissions and, uh, save on gas, which yeah. is another big. Thing. Oh, and, and I just got my, my bike tuned up this week. Uh, they, they put in a new brake line for me, some new brake pads, um, uh, you know, cleaned it up really nice. So when I got it back, it looked even nicer than when I dropped it off. So that That's was great. Nice. Um, my home run uh, is just that uh, yesterday we spent uh, part of the afternoon putting in some new patio stones in the backyard. Uh, we have a really small backyard because we're in a in a condo unit, like one of those really small townhouses, and they just give you like a little little backyard. Um, so we just spent a little bit of money and, and got, uh, got some patio stones and extended our usable space a little bit. So it's, uh, it's nice out there. Of course, we can't enjoy it today because of the rain, but, uh, uh, it, it was nice. It, it didn't take as long as I thought it would, but, uh, we've got, uh, got a nice setup going now. We're, we're still on the hunt for some better patio furniture that fits a little better back there. But, uh, uh, for now it's, uh, it's pretty nice out. Well, that's good. That's good. Always good to have some more outdoor spaces in the summer to enjoy because we spend so much time indoors during the winter in Ottawa. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I think before what was keeping us from using the backyard a little more was just the fact that it was so small and cramped, and uh, and it's hard to hard to fit things back there. So I think now at least we should be able to uh, enjoy the space outdoors. Good stuff. Well, I think that about wraps things up. Did you have any anything else that you wanted to talk about before we uh, we end the recording and and pause it for another week? I guess. <laughs> well, no, I have no no strong uh, you know um, earth shattering re- revelations or observations. But it was fun to be back as your co host, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you at one of the Titans games sometime soon here in Ottawa. And uh, who knows, maybe we can not drive to a Toronto Blue Jays game sometime in the future. Well, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see about that um about the Toronto part. I think uh, the Titans game is a little more attainable right now for us, but uh but we will see. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast in in Matt's place. Uh, it's always it was good to have a discussion that wasn't uh, centered on a whole bunch of baseball knowledge that uh, that I don't have. So <laughs> Well, they're they're big headphones to fill, but uh, happy to pitch <laughs> Happy to pitch it whenever you need me. All right. Well, uh, I will be back on next week. We'll we'll see you 
next time sometime, but uh, probably not on the podcast in a little while. So we'll All see right. you later. Take care.